0: yeah you know it was they come home they got a two and a half game lead uh top the division, so it could have been worse, but yes, it could have been better. um uh, you thought going in for those six games, two last place teams, you thought you know certainly a winning uh, road trip was not was not out of the question, but uh you know Kansas City outplayed them uh that we can't even debate that, and uh they did they didn't show up in Kansas City all weekend long, and that was that was disappointing but then Came back and and took two out of three from a a Cardinals team that's in transition right now. That was among the more active teams at the trade deadline. They parted ways with a lot of good players. Um, And so with that, it was not the team that I think any St. Louis fan thought they were going to have when they got to this point. But that's how it played out. So they they won the series last night they they finally were able to put some runs together against a left-handed pitcher, which has been easier said than done from uh, for most of the season
1: Well, the Cardinals as you mentioned they were uh, they were serious sellers at the deadline. The twins elected to stand pat. I'm sure there was uh, some potential movement but maybe not uh, an affordable uh, an affordable way to uh, to maybe add at the deadline for the twins.
0: Yeah, I don't think they wanted it to, to subtract much from their big league team. And in terms of their minor league depth, I don't think it's there. I think that that's how it's looked at externally um, throughout this sport right now is the Twins don't have the farm system they once did. Based on moves they've made in, in, in past drafts, I'm sorry, past uh, you know trade deadlines. Uh, most notably last year that their farm system took a hit. And uh, those trades did not work out well uh, for the Twins. So I think that played into it that uh, just other teams did not find many of our, you know, movable players uh, appealing. Uh, I think there were certain guys they would like, but the Twins are not going to trade Brooks Lee and they're not going to trade, you know, David Festa or Marco Raya right now. That They're just not going to move certain guys, and they held firm on that. So I think that played into why they were not very active uh, on Tuesday.
1: Ryan Jeffers homered last night, and he has been um, kind of battled some injuries and such here in the last year or two. But um, he really honestly has been, I know that they maybe when the year started, they maybe wanted to go 60-40 or so with, uh, with he and, um, and Vasquez. But honestly, he's been, uh, he's been very good receiving-wise, and uh, what he's done as a hitter is, uh, has certainly been key.
0: He's put together a really good season, and I'm glad you brought that up. And you look at his overall numbers, he's got, like six homers, 18 RBIs. That's not going to blow you away, but so much of that is about opportunity. And you can only do what is available. And, you know, the Twins, I think part of the reason why their RBI numbers are so low is because they strike out uh, so often. They just don't have guys on base as often as, as they need to and or could have, you know, been able to and therefore I think that's why some of the run producing numbers are down uh, for many of their guys but if you just isolate his, his season it's been solid it's been really solid and we're gonna bring that up with Rocco tonight I thought about that Brad on the plane last night about you know here we are 110 games in has the has the ratio between Vasquez and Jeffers played out uh, the way that that Rocco envisioned or has Jeffers with his play and Vasquez who's been better offensively since the all-star break, but overall it's been a down year for him uh, because of that is Jeffers played more than maybe Rocco initially felt he might have when the season began.
1: Are there pitchers on the staff that maybe work better with Vasquez or with Jeffers, or is it kind of a mix and match? What have you noticed? What have, uh, what have you gotten from, uh, from the coaching staff?
0: It's a good question. I, I, I think the answer is yes, but you won't ever get that. <laughs> you won't ever get that publicly <laughs> because they're not going to insult the other guy. Sure. Um, that's a teammate, and so I, I get why, but I, I would imagine, yes, that there are starters that do enjoy working with certain catchers. Um, and you can go on Baseball Reference, you can isolate how pitchers are doing with with, with both guys, and some have better ERAs than others. Uh, but you'll never, it's very, very rare. Um, I think Carl Pavano, I think he might have been one of the last guys, he liked working with Drew Butera mm-hmm. uh, more than Mauer, an and he just thought Joe Great guy, great teammate was just too big of a target. He just liked a smaller catcher that uh didn't take up as much space behind the plate as Joe did when he was, you know, behind the plate as as he was throughout his great career. So I, I think it's rare though that, that a pitcher will come out and be that outspoken, right? And it's certainly the manager will be that outspoken about how certain guys, yes, you know, work with certain pitchers exclusively.
1: Joe Ryan goes to the I.L. after, again, another frustrating start and a lot of home runs given up. And, uh, well, the Twins had a Fisher cut bait on Dallas Keuchel. He's going to get his chance perhaps this weekend.
0: He's going to pitch this weekend. He won't go tonight. Bailey Over's going tonight in Game 1. But then either Saturday or Sunday, Keichel's going to slot in and make, his, uh, and make his Twins debut. And the timing with Joe Ryan, it makes sense. I mean, the guy said he hurt you know his groin right before that start in Atlanta. In late june and that's when the numbers began to just skyrocket so uh something was going to happen here if it were injury i i think an option could not have been ruled out i mean 17 home runs seven starts i mean something's not right uh you know he's tied for second now and home runs allowed only Lance Lynn has given up more uh in the game so i think it's a learning experience for joe uh younger younger guy that he kept this quiet and next time he won't do that and so he he was trying to, you know, you could see his, his motives. They made sense, but he hurt, he hurt his team uh, by not being more transparent with the injury. And uh, with that, the numbers were ugly. So hopefully this is good. You know, he got it out there, and uh, he'll get his treatment. And then, you know, a couple of weeks, he'll be back, and we'll need him in September especially when it gets down to it when those are, you know, that, that's winter-go-home time. And they're going to need Joe Ryan to be a key cog in the rotation once we get to September.
1: Jorge Polanco back in the lineup playing third base. You can kind of see uh, just kind of bits and pieces that he's he's adjusting on the fly at third base in the first week back. how do you how'd you think he looked?
0: Can I give you like a sound, not a word? Sure. Eh. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I don't. I don't think he's been great over there. I think he's made some. He's also missed some. Um, throwing hasn't been. As accurate, so all this I'm not surprised by. It's new. He placed in third in 2016, and up until you know late in his rehab assignment, you know third base was not even on his mind. So, um, you know, th- th- this this could move around a little bit. You know, Royce Lewis we will get a better update on him here this weekend, but he's supposed to really ramp up his baseball activity here this weekend, running, throwing, doing it all. And then while the team is gone next week, he's probably going to go rehab. Mm-hmm. Um so barring another step back here with Royce Lewis, you know, when the team, you know, I, I don't think we'll see him on the road trip. He's been out a while, but when they're back home from Philadelphia, I think that's a realistic time frame when Royce will be back and so there's your third baseman. Then I start to wonder if Pollack was going to, you know, play some first. Uh right. if he'll get some time there with uh, if Eddie Julian is still hitting. Now Julian's been a little quiet here lately. Um but you know, if, if Julian, you know, finds that swing again this weekend, then he's going to be the second baseman. So, maybe Polanco will get some time at first base too. I don't know. When uh, when Royce comes back.
1: How much of a setback, how concerned should we be with uh, the shoulder injury to Kirilov?
0: That one I'm concerned about. Uh Buxton I'm not as concerned about yet. Um but the Kirilov thing is worrisome because uh, to me, uh, not getting clarity and not getting results when the imaging was done much earlier in the week, tells me that something is there. And now options are being discussed. And when options are being discussed, that's when my red flag begins to go up. Um, so I, I think there is genuine concern about Alex Kirloff's shoulder, uh, what that MRI showed, and what is going to happen moving forward. Because if it normally you, you get the MRI and then the results are, yeah, I came back fine, everything's good, just some inflammation. And he should be back in a day or two. Great. We didn't get that report. So uh, part of me thinks that there is something that did show up on that on that MRI, and, um, and now a lot of heads are talking, uh, most notably for Alex, finding out what is is his best path uh, to getting back and maybe seeking other opinions, which a player should absolutely do. Uh, but that, that, to me, is certainly concerning. Uh, that, that one has my attention.
1: Uh, big weekend this weekend at Target Field. Joe Mauer going into the uh, the Twins Hall of Fame, and and you know I think he wanted to do this a little bit later after he retired, as, you know, so his kids could kind of see it and everything involved. And uh, I guess just you know your time with the Twins, you've got to know him very well. Um, what are things about him that uh, maybe maybe the public doesn't doesn't see or maybe doesn't know about that you've maybe gotten to know him with uh, with Joe?
0: So uh, I heard this from many of his teammates because Joe would never be the one to tell you this, but the the idea that, that Joe, if he would strike out and just simply go sit down in the dugout and just, you know, move along with his day was not true. That many teammates saw him go crazy and take a bat to a door, take a bat to a Gatorade cooler. It happened often. It just didn't happen in the public eye. And I think Joe was, was doing that by design. I mean, he had, the spotlight was on that guy, you know, from day one, I mean, forget when his baseball career began when he was when he was just a kid. You know, he was he had a skill set, and just about anything he did, he did really really well, and that's why he drew a lot of attention. So I think he was always mindful of how he was perceived, uh, especially from kids in in Minnesota. And so I think that's when when he was frustrated, when he was upset, he was upset and he was frustrated. Just we didn't see it. And I think that was. That was really well done on his part um, because that was important to him and his image and how uh, kids looked up to him being a role model. uh, And you got to be careful with athletes being role models. We know that famous Charles Barkley commercial, and there's some, I I believe in that. Got to be careful with that. And I think Joe took on that responsibility um, with a lot of of praise, but also he wanted to be mindful of, of how he acted when he was in the public eye. And so he would have those moments. So that was always interesting when I'd hear from teammates. I mean, like, yeah, Joe does have his moments when he goes a little nuts. He just, you just, you're just never going to see him. And, you know, in this day and age, when guys are so animated about everything, you know, that was still on his mind. He could strike out in a big spot. He could ground out in a big spot. But you know what? The guy still kept a level head uh, publicly and then would do other things in the tunnel which I think is totally fine. So I was always impressed by that, that, you know, in those big spots, big moments, and it wouldn't always go his way. That's why baseball is the toughest sport. And at times he made the toughest sport look so easy. And just hitting the ball, getting his base hit, hitting for average. Uh, So I just, I I, he's become a great friend and um, it's going to be an emotional weekend for him. He lost his father this winter. So that's going to be on his mind, I'm sure uh, quite often, certainly during his speech on, on Saturday. But, it's also going to be a fun weekend just to see so many great you know, faces and names back at Target Field uh, coming together for Hall of Fame weekend, but also coming together for, for a guy that, they, that, that everybody respects and honors. And that's number seven.
1: Arizona comes in and, and started strong this year in a very competitive uh, Mer- or National League West. Right now kind of fighting for a wild card, but maybe a team that uh, I mean, we don't know a whole lot about, quite honestly. We don't see them a whole lot.
0: Uh, we're going to talk a lot about base running. This weekend. Uh, base running is going to be on our mind often here this weekend because Arizona is really good at it. Uh, they steal bases, but they just, they're smart base runners. They're aggressive. They go first to third. So that's going to be a test. Um, this is going to be a weekend where we're going to see Arizona try and beat teams with their legs, with their speed, with their skill set, not to mention they have good starters. And the Twins are seeing two of their best starters here this weekend, Meryl Kelly tonight and Zach Allen on Sunday. So this is a good test. I mean, the Twins just got done playing, you know, six games against, you know, a non-playoff caliber team. And now they're stepping up in weight class a little bit. And, you know, the last few series they had against those kind of teams, they didn't go very well. So it's, it's time to, to, to show up here a little bit. But the lineup's going to look differently. I mean, I, I hope Buxton is back tonight. They, they need him without Kirloff. It does have a different look to it uh, with how he was going. I mean, Kirloff was the American League Player of the Week, and all of a sudden the shoulder pops up and uh, the strikeouts began to climb, and it, and it looked ugly. So um, let's let's keep an eye on this year um, moving forward. But uh, I, I think Arizona is, is, is a fascinating team to watch because they play a brand of baseball the Twins haven't seen too often.
1: The uh, Twins and Cleveland. Cleveland uh, elected to uh, do, do a little bit of selling, and uh, they trade Savali, trade their shortstop. Were you surprised by that?
0: The Rosario trade, no. The Savali trade, yes. Uh, they have other guys, that, and Rosario is going to be a free agent at season's end. They have other guys that, that were ready to, to be you know in that spot, and Ahmed Rosario was not having a great season. Uh, was not able to duplicate what he did last year. Uh, the Savali move surprised me because... A year ago, would not have because they had Cleveland had so much starting pitching depth and healthy arms last year. They have not had healthy arms this season. Bieber's out, McKenzie's out, um, Cal Quantrill's out. So they've they've had a lot of hits with their pitching, and I thought this would be the year they would maybe hang on to some of those arms because they're still very much in the race. So that one did surprise me, just based on all the other injuries that that staff is dealing with right now. Savali. So was the healthiest, and was pitching the best, and yet they still traded him to, uh, to Tampa Bay.
1: Corey Provost, radio voice of the Minnesota Twins. Corey, appreciate it as always, and uh, enjoy the weekend with all the Joe Mauer festivities, and uh, we'll talk next week.
0: Thank you.